Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. On this episode of More on Manufacturing, we're joined by Sonny Hahn, CEO and founder of Fulcrum, a software as a service ERP, MRP, and MES platform allowing small and mid-sized manufacturers to improve efficiency through workflow optimization and automated data collections. And so, Sonny, I, I really appreciate you joining us today and the expertise you'll you'll be able to add to the show. And you know, as we were talking about before. Uh, we got started here, the running theme of our conversations on more on manufacturing has been how can how can we help companies add value, specifically manufacturers, to their business now and someday down the road if they want to sell their, their business. And of course, today we're going to be talking about ERP systems and data collection through APIs and implementation issues and bills of material. And those are all really important pieces and components to uh, adding value now for management decisions and other things like that. So, uh, you know, really important information. And oftentimes I've, I've gone through due diligence in selling companies many times and data and data collection is always an issue. It becomes an issue for companies that are not well organized and set up. So I think this is a really good, great, timely discussion on that. A lot of companies are actually going through. We got a lot of baby boomers out there, and they're selling their companies and or thinking about it in the next five to ten years. And so it's it's one of those things that's a very timely topic. So I, I really appreciate you joining. So yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let, let's you know before you know I've, I've thrown out the term ERP. I know not everybody is always familiar exactly with what that term means, but can you just talk about what is an ERP system? Yeah. The phrase ERP or the acronym stands for Enterprise Resource Planning Software. And this is a, an acronym that was created in the early 90s when um, Star Trek was still really popular. And these systems were really big systems that were designed and sold to really big companies. And they needed a way to describe what was going to be sold and what the value was. So the word enterprise refers to the USS Enterprise. And what the ERP was supposed to be was the ship's computer on that Starship. So for some folks out there that are listening, they probably might not even know what that is, but really what an ERP was historically was one large brain that you would dump a bunch of information into and you could create reports out of to understand things. And, um, you know, in the 70s, 80s and 90s, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in that, right? Because before that, a human being would have to tabulate a bunch of things together. Um, and that tabulation was done so in a way that was very inconsistent sometimes and having that central repository has been really valuable for a lot of manufacturers large and small over the last 30 or 40 years so for us what we mean when we say ERP is a little different it's different from the ground up we've recreated our software to be on the cloud to be automated to leverage a lot of newer technologies and what we're trying to develop what we talk about internally at Fulcrum is creating a manufacturing operating system that all sorts of different manufacturers can operate on and it just works out of the box as, as much as possible so for us imagine that uh fulcrum as an erp is like your smartphone or like mint it pulls information in automatically from a lot of different places it 
automatically tabulates things. It gives your operators and machinists some insights on the work that they're doing. It replaces the paper on your shop floor so the drawings can be digital. You can pinch and zoom on them. You can have your operators input information from them. And all of it feeds back into insights about who owes you money, when you should buy things, and, and when you should uh, plan to ship them and, and help you forecast and automate as much of your process as possible. So. So really, you know, at the end of the day, when you're when you're thinking about this software, you know, there's still a lot of companies out there that use things like even QuickBooks and they have various not only QuickBooks, but they might have an inventory system that's uh, by itself over here. And they may have engineering systems over there and, you know, and they have different pieces, but then none of them all fit together at the end of the day an ERP system has all of those various, let's just call them departments and operational sections and areas that come together in one one set software that you have all of this at your hand at your fingertips to be able to decide you know determine what's going on in my business exactly that's right and we've made some opinionated decisions on how we want to build that we integrate with uh, accounting systems. We don't actually have an accounting system in Fulcrum or any kind of hard CRM functions where you're, you know, outbounding people or, or tracking leads from trade shows in our in our system. We did that so we could focus on all the things that are really important to the operating system. So we could be less of this kind of jack of all trades, Swiss army knife, and instead have kind of best in class functionality in every one of the areas that makes sense in inventory and shipping, receiving and warehouse and production. Um, so that's some of the philosophy of how we've developed Fulcrum. So one of, one of the things that, that you and I were talking about before is the, this, these APIs. And, and one of the things you mentioned was why, why should manufacturers care about APIs? What, what is an API and, and what does that mean for a manufacturer? An API is a, a technical acronym. Um, it really is kind of the doorway between different pieces of software. So if you're trying to make sure that your employees don't have to manually enter something from Fulcrum in Salesforce or Salesforce to Fulcrum or from uh, SolidWorks or AutoCAD or Autodesk Fusion or whatever it is that you're using, we use APIs in our software to allow other software developers to put information into Fulcrum. And we use other companies' APIs for us to be able to put our information into their system. The, the functional piece of the technology that's important is that an API is kind of like a handshake or like a promise. It's that it's like an outlet. Um, if as long as we have a standard for what that outlet looks like, I know that as long as I produce outlet or you know plugs that look like this, it'll fit any outlet that you have, at, you know, in the wall at your particular building. Most companies design these APIs so that we can integrate different systems in a way where we don't have to work together synchronously to be able to do it. We just make a promise on how the data is supposed to look, and it allows us to tie everything together. And I think f fundamentally speaking, most cloud-based systems like Fulcrum have an API. And, and we do as well. And because of that, it just creates an ecosystem that's much easier to connect with each other. And fundamentally, you're already seeing this everywhere else in consumer software, in other parts of your business software, the value of connecting everything together, making sure all your data is together and everything flows really well together. There's a huge value in that. And you know, furthering that is really important, not just for the industry, but for each individual business too. So if a company has got maybe a database or a data set that's not connected to whatever their current system is, there's the possibility that they can look into, hey, there might be, I guess, maybe this handshake, a program, so to speak, that can connect the two, that allow, allows you to, to get the data in and out and help you, again, summarize that in a way that makes 
you know, makes sense for you as your business. Does that kind of summarize it? Yeah, and more important to make sure that the two data sets match somehow because every single person in the world that's worked in a business has pulled data from two different systems and had it not match and been crazy about which one is right and which one's wrong. And so I think because we're oftentimes looking at things in different lenses, it's becoming more and more important over time for us to make sure that those different sources are matching together and that our answers make sense related to each other. Well, and I I think, you know, I, I guess the add-on to that then, and, and you're absolutely right, they do need to match in those things, is that we're at a point and have been for some time that you're not limited just because you've got multiple systems, that you might be, there's there's ways to be able to connect things possibly if if the data sets are right, can, you know, set up the right way and things like that. So people can think about, hey, this isn't just the old the old days of assembling some paper and trying to print something out of here, export it out of there, that there's more options out there, I guess. And I think most of the manufacturers we've talked to have experienced the same thing, which is that order quantities are getting lower, blanket orders are getting more Mm -hmm. common, releases are getting closer to just-in-time inventory. The number of decisions per week that you're making as a business owner has increased significantly. So I think there's a pressure to make sure that the systems that you use can Mm -hmm. answer those questions cleanly and clearly at the same pace that these decisions are increasing by. Right. No, that, that's absolutely it. And, and nobody wants to wait. Uh, you know, I was just talking to a client the other day and, you know, we're, we're going through the process actually of, of implementing a system and, and, you know, trying to get an inventory count of, hey, I need to know how many of these I have. And the person's trying to figure it out and they're not really sure. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like when this thing is all said and done, it'll be great. But trying to make decisions when you've got to do things so manually it just slows everything down. So, and people don't have the pay, businesses don't have the patience for it anymore. It's, it's everything is right there, need it now, and we got to move forward now. And that to me is the importance of all of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so let's, you know, we talked about some examples of companies that are using various systems and, you know, and, and obviously there's a lot of, a lot of different types of systems out there, regardless of the type of system, ERP system, what kind of, problems have you seen pitfalls that you have seen when companies are going in and and trying to set these ERP or MRP systems up because I know you know they're they're so complicated and I actually had a client where we we came in there was a new client and they they completely they had a problem with their first setup and they weren't they didn't think through it properly they didn't look through all of the components of it how it might work through the processes and things like that so that's just a couple but it's really con- I mean so what what are things that you've seen where where companies have run into problems Yeah I think one thing that is really true about most organizations and organizations are just collections of humans right and mm-hmm. humans need to communicate with each other and those decisions about your company many of them were subconscious or unconscious. You didn't really decide. You put a machine somewhere and you put a machine somewhere else and all of a sudden you have a cell that wasn't supposed to be a cell and traffic moves in a certain way. So a a clipboard goes here because that's what everybody walks by. And over time, you've actually designed this communication architecture in your company organically and slowly. And that's how you operate. And humans have this default network in their brain that just automatically starts to take over when things become habits. And I just look over there to see what the schedule is. And I look over there to see where the materials are. And these aren't rules that are written anywhere. People call it tribal knowledge. It's not really even that. It's just, this is 
how things work. And some businesses are more intentional about this than others, and some don't have to be, and, and, and things work and don't work and break and don't break. But the biggest pitfall is not being um, transparent or deep enough about who you actually are as a business. Who does this work? Where does the information flow to? Who knows it? Is it in a system somewhere? Is it not? Is it on a piece of paper? Where do people look for it? Who needs to know about it? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we've done quite a bit at Fulcrum is we've turned our sales process into basically a discovery process where I tell all of our sales reps that their primary job is to really understand our customer's business because we don't fit everybody. We can deliver value to just about every manufacturer, but not every manufacturer is making a switch from what they're currently doing to us that is going to be uh, close enough, if that makes any sense. And if they're too far apart, even if they would otherwise be a fantastic customer, that's where it's going to break. Because you have a certain amount of tolerance and certain amount of, um, you know, goodwill within the organization to make these changes. And if it's this far and you can only get halfway, then you're going to make a half measure and you're going to have a broken system and you're going to abort it or you're going to actually make it worse. Or you're going to force everybody to use it halfway. And that's how you end up in a worse position than when you started, not better. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I almost look at it as, you know, from a from the from the manufacturing side of things, almost, uh, you know, as flow charting and understanding exactly what your process is. And then when you're looking at these systems, understanding can the system handle it first and foremost? And if it, you know, or does it require you to 100 percent change everything, which can be very, very problematic if you've got a very well designed system that you know needs. And, and sometimes I've seen that disconnect between going into a system that doesn't work, uh, doesn't work for them versus a system that does work. And it can be all sorts of different reasons because maybe the inventory flow is a little bit different. You know, you're a job shop versus something that creates the same product over and over and over again, or the same several products over and over again. And it's, it's a really careful process, but then also utilizing the power of whatever the system has in it. So the flow in there and saying, well, we can use these components to automate things that we're doing manually and understanding those components becomes to me really, really important. Um, you know, and, and I, I guess maybe talk a little bit. So let's, let's just stop for a second and talk about, okay, well, how does this add value to my business? How does an ERP system or having these APIs or having all these connections add value to my system right now? I think a lot. Uh, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is a value, and certainly I don't every single day. But consistency, right? Consistency is is incredibly important mm -hmm. uh, when you're looking at things internally. Think about what consistency means. If you have a consistent ability to predict and project the future a little bit, you can have lower inventory values, which means you have more money in the bank for the same amount of business that you're doing. If you can be consistent in your production, you tend to have less scrap. You'll tend to have less non-conformance. You're going to have happier customers. You're going to have more profit. If you can consistently do the work that you need to do in, in the right amount of time and not have to have overtime or have swing shifts or all these different things, you'll make more money and be more valuable. So the ability to see as far into the future with as high of, a, of amount of predictability and consistency as possible is the hidden gem of value that a lot of people don't think about. Most people who are in manufacturing companies are really obsessed about the products that they're creating, which is great. And they think about their business in the same way that they think about a CNC machine where, uh, you know, bar stock goes in and it maybe gets sawed and then milled and something comes out. And that is the right way to think about business. But just like that machine needs to consistently be able to run that cycle and produce that part, 
where in your business is the most inconsistent parts and how do we enhance that? And usually those inconsistent parts are in the parts that are vague, the parts that are hard to define. You can write work instructions on how to make a part, but how do you write work instructions on how to produce a schedule? Or how do you write work instructions on how to determine what to buy and how to forecast into the future and how to make decisions on whether a customer is gonna be good or not, or how to adjust the margins on a quote to win this deal or that deal? The more vague the decision becomes, the more important it is to have better data, you know, more tools at your fingertips so that those uh, individuals that have the synthesis, all the information in their head can make the better decision. So that adds value immensely because it's, it's actually, it's, it's hard to hire just about every position in manufacturing right now, but think about how hard it is to put to a new production manager in place or one more step, something that most owners don't think about, but how hard it is to put another owner in place instead of you. Mm -hmm. And as you're trying to swap any component in and out, the interchangeability of that component has to do with the concert of all the other components in your business that are working together. So making sure that everything is working in harmony, that things weren't designed separately. And most companies, the production process was designed separately than the sales process, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That friction between the components, solving that really unlocks a huge amount of value for acquisition and, and currently for profitability too. Yeah, well said. I, I think everything you said was just spot on. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down to being able to make decisions in a timely matter and having the accurate, consistent data, just like you said, they're available at your fingertips. Um, you know, and I, I've seen many situations where, unfortunately, you, you, you don't get that data for maybe two, three, four, five months sometimes, Absolutely. if you can even get it because of the way that it's 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 not automated it's not connected it's not readily available i've seen situations where the only reason we really knew scrap percent scrap was going up because the you know the tracking mechanisms weren't there was because we saw their trash bills going up and it was based on a weight and so there was more being thrown away into the dumpsters and so the amount of weight went up so the trash bills so we actually saw a trend and said well here's the problem is your scrap seems to be going up but it took several months to be able to see this small trend that took several months. And of course, if you have the right systems in place, you can see that probably, you know, same day or within a few days of saying, hey, something's going on here. And, exactly. you know, just it, then you can make that switch. You can make that change. You can investigate faster. So, um, and I, humans, we're really good at solving problems, actually, mm -hmm. but we, we just can't solve problems we don't know about, right? So, <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. I talk to me a little bit. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of getting close to our end here, but, um, you know, but talk to me a little bit. I want to get talked about bill of materials a little bit and, you know, kind of the future of bill of materials and, and where you see those things going, how, how that gets processed. Why should manufacturers be looking at that and caring about that? Well, I think um, over time, the trend has become that the design and the innovation of things uh, increases in speed. So when I was a kid, there was a new body shape for a Toyota Corolla every three years or four years, and it stayed boxy for a while, and then it got bubbly or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And now every year, there's some component within that frame that's changing almost every single year. The need to differentiate and innovate is is going up. And more importantly, I think that's good for us as consumers, as, as human civilization. We want things to advance faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. Well, because of that, um, one small change to the way that one thing works might structurally change something else and these bill of materials are going to change just much faster at the at the end assembly level and more and more i believe the trend that i'm seeing is that we're starting to understand that shipping 
you know, steel from um, Canada to China to have it milled and machined and finished there and then shipped back to the U.S. to be sold is bad for putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and more importantly, bad for the, the supply chain fragility and bad for profit. And so we're seeing things onshore back that we're not mm -hmm. just taking advantage of labor discrepancies between two different nations. We're starting to build stuff here to be used here. And as that starts to happen, we're going to see this need for us to start assessing and doing things differently. And, and we're going to start probably having more customers and we're probably going to be making different quantities for more different customers. So being able to understand how those things change, the materiality of it, and being able to be really um, nimble with how you work with your customers, I think that's how you're going to win deals in the future. It's how you're going to woo over some buyer or some supply chain manager at some larger company that you're dealing with. What What's going to have to happen is that you're going to have to be able to be really versatile with how you react to the changes that they're able or that they're going to be pushing through the pipeline. So. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree with that. And I think um, we're seeing that all the time. Customers of our manufacturers, they're looking for solutions and they're coming to to our to our clients, to our manufacturers, and they're looking for solutions from them saying, I've got a problem. How can you help me with it? And I think you're right that being nimble and being able to uh, make those decisions uh, on the fly very quickly, looking at you know your costs or where my suppliers are, my supply chain, uh, how I can get this, what my costing is, what I can turn around for a profitability, what my lead times are, all of those things play into um, that ability to be able to go back to a customer and say, yes, I can do this. Here's what it's going to, here's, here's the cost to you. And I know I can have the confidence that we've got accurate data and I know this is going to be a profitable project provided obviously, you know, nothing happens from a labor standpoint or something else blows up. But, you know, the reality is being able to take that bring it in, understand it very quickly and go back to the customer with a solution. Yeah, it, it, it starts to feel like you're taking the friction out of the relationship, right? And anytime you can do that, yeah. anytime you're able to kind of lubricate that relationship and, and make it, the friction go away, um, you're going to just have much faster and much better relationships with, with your customers and with your vendors and whoever else. And, and the way to do that is that you need to remove the friction between the people that are and the components that are within the business that you, that you run as well. So um, I think that, that that will become more and more um, valuable over time uh, with the internet. That there's only so much you can do with search engine optimization and, and Google AdWords. At some point in time, the reputation of the companies that are easier to work with is gonna win far more than anything else that is um that this differentiator so yeah i i agree i think you know just just talking to my clients on a daily basis it's it's being able to respond very quickly and be better than your competitors and you know having having this kind of tool or these tools at your disposal that are working the way they should work will give you a huge competitive edge. And when we talk about value at the end of the day, that increases the value of your business now and down the road. And, I'll, I'll, you know, I always look at it, you know, I, I put my accounting hat on for a second. I say, listen, when I'm, if we're talking about a, a buyer coming in someday and looking at this, being able to prove and support and show this stuff gives them confidence and adds, you know, that, that gives them the, the desire to push forward knowing, Hey, we, we can really get our hands around this. So, I absolutely agree, and it's such a such a great tool. And you know, Sonny, I, I appreciate you being on on the on the show today. I mean, such great information and insight. And I think 
really just give manufacturers something to think about as they're processing forward saying, okay, my systems can't do this or, hey, I, you know, maybe I can get more out of my current system or I really need to look into some of this to make sure I can I can make the decisions I need. So, again, I really appreciate all the insights. Thank you for being here. And to uh, all our listeners, uh, thank you for listening and looking forward to uh, speaking with all of you guys next month. To learn more about James Moore and Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Thank you.